Yeah. Oh, who's doing it? Should I do intro? Or? Oh, I think please, please, <laughs> please do the intro. <laughs> Tuesday, the 27th of February, 2024. Just in case you forgot what year it was, sort of Hanno and Evie. I haven't listened to the episodes while I was away. That's probably for the best. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> now nah, we, me and Mitty came up with a whole new show name. Mm. Um, so on Tuesday, a uh, bit of backstory for you. The audience mm. already heard this, but um, me and Mitty both cried before the show for totally different reasons. Oh, wow. Mitty had like a legitimate reason. I just got really sad thinking about old people being alone mm. and we were cracking up about it because we were like, woman's show, we're both fucking crying. <laughs> and then, so we were calling it Wa Wahine because like Wa time. Oh, I thought I saw the clip, but I was like, I don't get why wa. Yeah, wa is like time, uh, and then wahine woman, mm. and then but like wa wa hine like wa yeah. wa because we're crying. Yeah, so that was that's, oh okay. That's the biggest thing you missed. We were pretty proud of ourselves there. I see. Um, but we were taking bets on if you were sunburned or not. I got sunburned the <laughs> second, the first full day I was there. The day after we landed, I got sunburned at the pools. It was thirty-four degrees, and I was we just went for lunch, but it was thirty-four degrees, and after lunch, I was just like. I need to swim. I don't care what happens. So I just jumped in the pool and yeah. regrets. Been obviously. there though. Been there. Yeah. yeah. Putting a seatbelt on with Ooh. your shoulders burnt. Oh boy. Touching the steering wheel. Yeah. Oh. But and then I got burnt again later in the week. It, I had a tough go at it. I was like beaten, bruised, scratched, burnt. I had a great time. Yeah. But like, <laughs> like my like some more bites back. You know what I mean? I was like trying to describe it to people. Like usually when I go home. It's like uh, when I go home, I go to Samoa. Mm. This time I went to Samoa. <laughs> like that's a, like Samoa is meetings in the village, fai lovey loveys, like working. This time I was like on a beach. Samoa. I went to Samoa. <laughs> I was in Samoa and I loved every moment of being in Samoa. That's so it fucking was great. funny. Yeah, yeah that's how I describe it. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I, I like saw a couple clips in that. Oh, can I just say also, too, every time I'm away, people are in the comments going, like, I love this show and it's just you and me. Uh, <laughs> They're like, yeah, you should do more of it. And I'm like, those are, all me, and, those are all me and Mitty's mutual friends. They're not they're not strangers, don't worry. They're like all the girls that me and Mitty both know. Yeah. So they get real pumped whenever mm-hmm. it's the Evie and Mitty girl show. I, just, and like, I time, did see that. And every I was like, time there's comments like, you should do this more often, I'm like, oh. Okay. <laughs> like, I'm not angry that you guys are getting compliments, but part of me is just like, no, nah, it's just our friends. It's just our friends. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. My friends, guys, why aren't we commenting more compliments for me? My friends just, you know what, our, one of our top commenters is just Helena, and she's usually just doing a, a, a bit a bit, a, yeah. a bit for you, usually. Yeah, a me. lot. A lot of the time. To- and I like it would just be like, she's commented, and I have to read the comment, and she's usually critiquing me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's like, remember one time you did the joke about being like, solo malo or something, yeah. and it was just you, and then she was like, shouldn't it be this? And like, yeah. Like yeah, I was like, all right, okay, all right. <laughs> Gotta uh, love we it. love our fans. Um, I was late to work today, so can you tell us what's coming up on the show today? Um, coming up on the show today, as I almost got good at doing this while you were oh, like, really? almost got, I, we <laughs> almost pulled it off. Um, we have Sam coming in. Sam Robinson is a journalist. We're going to catch up on Pride. We're going to wrap it up. It's been Pride Month. Mm. Pizza's gone on. We're going to be wrap up of what Pride is, where it's at, and you know all that fun stuff it's gonna be mm. great uh we also are going to talk about in wellington reading cinema the council is finally making public what the deal is going to be with with that space and what they've paid oh. for it it's just been this whole controversial issue in wellington you wouldn't even believe we're going to get straight into that and um various other cool stuff that i too have forgotten now that you're looking at me 
<laughs> getting put on the spots and they were fun i thought about that when we did the live show we were backstage it was like so you're gonna talk about this and we're gonna intro it like this and that and then we sat down and i was like wait fuck what am i saying yeah yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah as soon yeah, as yeah. it like it's not that i get nervous in front of people but there's that you, you when you rehearse stuff sometimes yeah 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 yeah. and yeah, it comes yeah, to yeah. us just like it's on that's but, why i just was like I don't know, I'm just so narcissistic. I just, like, tell myself I'm going to be good at something, mm. and then I'm good at it. Mm. I'm like, I'll be good at this, it'll be fine. I just, like, you lie You are good at live. Yeah, I was great, I love yeah. it. I'm way better at being live than yeah, doing great. this, seriously. Right. No, I am, I'm, I'm not going to lie yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, don't I'm lie about it. I'm great at being live, I'm amazing at yeah. it, it's a skill that not everyone has, mm. and look, I can't even do the laundry, so, like, take whatever I'm good at with a grain of salt. I'm not good at everything, but I'm allowed to be good at this one thing that mm. I'm definitely good at. Mm. I don't know why people pretend they're not good at stuff and try to be humble. Mm. So boring. No, I'm not going to be humble about. I'm great at building Legos. Hell yeah. Uh, I'm great at it. Tell them. Preach and, it. And, and what's the other one? The Bionicles? Oh. They were like, they weren't Lego, they were something Bionicles else. Bionicles were my life when I, I was eight. I can build all of that, bro. Hell yeah. Anyway, um, let's get into the show. <laughs> I can talk about going home all the time. Because I just, I like, it's, it's like a once a year thing. But I always love going home, and it's always nice. This time I got to show other people my home, which was really special, and and just getting to actually, like, because, like, usually, basically for context, I took my title, like, seven or eight years ago, and since then, I have not holidayed in Samoa. It is always, like, I'll get to go to the beach and stuff like that, but a lot of times when I go home, admittedly to... Before my granddad passed away, it was like, going to see granddad, going to see family, got to do village stuff, got to do this and that. And, like, I haven't really gotten to just go on holiday since... On Probably, like, there was stuff that we did on this trip that I haven't done since I was, like, 10 years old. Damn. So, like, there's this place called Biola Rock Caves, which is, like, behind the Methodist church in um, Furifuli, which is, like, a natural spring the water's ice cold there's fish you can see you can look to, through the water to the bottom of the rock and there's fish floating oh, around that sounds so nice um uh, strangely enough too though i remember the cave there's like a it's like this big the cave is like very small and it's a loop and it's about a minute if you swim it and when we were like 10 my dad made us swim it like in hindsight very dangerous you're never gonna catch me in a cave i do not like yeah, a cave. i don't believe underwater, in it underwater for a minute if you if you chicken out you gotta keep going you nah. can't turn around wait holding breath or holding breath no no yeah in the dark in the dark no no the whole no. swim is you no. feeling your way through the cave and i was like in hindsight i was like i was because my niece was with us and she's 11 and i was like i would not make this girl swim through there dad why <laughs> but it was nice to just go back and relax i saw um i saw some beautiful beaches some beautiful rock pools uh the new chinese embassy um which kind of looks like a military base 20 foot walls with barbed wire and security cameras and big satellites i know they're saying it's an embassy i'm just saying I've never seen anything like that. He's not making any sort of call. He's just pointing out he has not seen a building of this. Oh yeah, and like, like yeah, I'm not trying to make any sort of political statement. <laughs> I'm like it's just, terrified. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not trying to make a political <laughs> statement or anything like that. You just don't see that in Samoa. Yeah, because we don't have an army. We don't have like an air force or anything like that. And you're driving up Cross Mountain, which takes you over to the other side of the island from up here. And then there's just genuinely. 20 foot walls barbed wire security cameras you can like a lot of the other embassies in Samoa are very low tech they're just sort of houses it's like an office like, kind of thing yeah right, type well. of deal yeah, yeah. Um, 
so yeah, seeing that was just like very jarring. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, wow, so we changed around here. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else was Samo was like a strange place because every time you go back, nothing changes. Everything is the same. Except this giant building. Except this giant building. That was what just stuck out to me. But yeah, it was it was it was always nice to go home. It's nice to see people. It was thirty four degrees most days. Even I struggled. The locals were struggling. That's how you can tell it's hot. Um, so don't tell me like global warming isn't real. Thirty four degrees in oh, February is, is pretty. Do gangster. people even still say that? Am I out of the loop? Do people say that? People still don't think it's oh, real. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm like, go spend February in Samoa and go, tell me. Just last year in Auckland. Oh yeah. There was a tornado in the hut. Mm. People, people, I can't. I've stressed out now. Now I'm hot. <laughs> Thinking about the cave. It's- Think about that tornado. Mm. Yeah, so um, beautiful Samoa. Visit Samoa. Maybe not in February. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not in February. Go for a winter month. June, July is quite nice. If you're not great with heat, June or July is like a sort of like... How hot is it in in winter? I was like 25 to 28. Oh, come on. (laughs) 28 in the day, 25 at night maybe. It's a lot less humid. That's the key thing. The humidity is the bit that like... That will get you, and in the winter months, it's not as humid. It's still a lot. It's it's still very humid if you're from New Zealand, but um, yeah, I do. You know, I used to have long hair, and um, I had to cut it off because my granddad. I didn't look after it because I'm a boy, and uh, it was like we were there in summer one year, and my hair just turned into an afro, and my granddad was like, "I have a grandson, not a daughter. Granddaughter, you need to cut your hair." I knew he didn't like it because he bought me a hat at the airport. <laughs> he bought me a hat. He just bought me a random hat at the airport, and he walks over and he goes, "Here you go, put it on." And I was like, "Okay, cover that up. I'm getting a hat." Cover it up. Yeah. Now, yeah, humidity. It's pretty gangster. Mm. So if you're not up for that, but yeah, this is a beautiful Samoa. It's great. It's cheap. It's a, a beautiful place. And uh, maybe go in June, July if you're not great with the heat. I promise you, you'll, you'll enjoy it. You'll enjoy it. Samoa's tourism ambassador. Oh, sort of my life. Hook it up. <laughs> I want some of that taxpayer money. <laughs> Um, do they you have to do Miss Samoa and she becomes the like the like go to bro for that? Yeah. Is there like a Mr. Samoa that you there can do? should be. I don't know if I have We enough, should set that up. I don't know if I have enough abs for that. No 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 Do you not remember was it like um was it like Mr. Lava Lava or something? It was Carlos Uberg. How are you gonna compete with that? How Wait. am I how am I expected to compete with Carlos Uberg? Which one's there? The, the UFC oily fight? Yeah. I mean they're all very oily in the Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But that guy could definitely yeah. win. Yeah. Chances are yeah. I'm not. No, I've i I've actually I've started this and mm. I'm I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we're wrapping up the month of February, which means we're also wrapping up Pride Month and here on Official Bitchness is journalist Sam Robinson to give us a bit of a recap of the month and talk about where we're going. Welcome Sam, how are you? Kia Evie, it feels so good to finally be here. Oh yeah, well that seemed pointed. <laughs> Listen, the show's <laughs> been on air for how long? Just over a year over now. A year, Happy girl. birthday to well, no, almost a year, almost a year. Happy birthday for when that is. Um but I'm here. I'm here. I'm excited. Welcome. Um so Pride Month what did you get along to? There was heaps on. Yeah, uh, we were like looking at this, like at the directory of what the events were, and there was so many, and so many that I wanted to go to. I think um, there was a great selection of plays and like live theatre and stuff like that. There always is, like guys, we know how to do theatre. Um, but there was also one thing that I found really interesting was there was so much crafty stuff going on there was so much uh 
alternative like there was embroidery classes there was knitting sessions like, i just think that's really fun i like when you can like go to an event but then also like have something to take away at the end of it and be like yeah, oh, look, I, pre- I made this, yeah. I made this with my new friends at prime yeah, yeah. Um, so what did you get on to? What, what, where'd you right. go? So the main thing that I did this year is I went to the big gay out. Now, so every Pride in, like, I think all the major cities, at least Auckland and Wellington, you'll have pretty much three main events of Pride. You will have the Pride Parade, which is your classic drag queens on a float, Mariah Carey They've music. got them in drag in the morning. Yeah, they girls. had to get up at six o'clock in the morning yeah. and, like, block those eyebrows. They put them in the sun. Um really strong honestly (laughs) strong work ethic (laughs) from the queens better than me um and then so you have the pride parade which i feel like everyone's been to a pride parade at least once like you stumble across them sometimes you're like ah (laughs) i went to pride in san francisco i didn't even know it was on that day and i was like wait this is like one of the best ones like and i was to meet my sister poor little rainbow flag and we just got amongst like um and the second event you'll typically have is a big park event like it's a place where you can have stalls like a big festival big market space basically in auckland that's the big gay out in wellington that's out in the park um and the third one you typically have it's more of a new thing i would say in the last five to ten years is like a regular event of pride is you'll have a dedicated like march so separate from a pride parade you will have people marching i think they did it on uh k road this year in auckland and it's typically a more political event places for people to speak their piece what issues they care about um and that separates it from the pride parade a little bit um but i went to big gay out this year and uh it's my first big gay out i've only been in auckland a little bit and uh wow (laughs) big day big gay yeah uh it was really hot it was really, really hot. Yeah. Um, it was, like, cloudy, but I was still, like... I got a tan on the back of my thighs. I was quite excited. Congratulations. My first Happy tan Pride. of the summer. I was, like, showing it off for the week after. Um, it's gone now. It's all peely. Oh, um, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Big Out's a great event. You have the main stage where you have a bunch of performances from drag acts to queer musicians, comedians... All the works, um, you have a little area for like corporate uh, places to show their pride. There was, I think Oreos were there this year and they were handing out free ice cream sandwiches. So I was like... (laughs) Don't mind if I do. Um, And then you have uh, a little area for like community-based groups or businesses, non-profits, stuff like that. Sharing information, getting the message out there. That's where all the political parties are as well. Ah, um, uh, yeah, the political parties. They're all hidden parties. in there. Yeah. Well, not all, but some. Yeah, well. Mm. And then you have an area for, like, food, market, sell your little wares, sell your little... Uh, if you made some, like, uh, some flax weaving, but it's rainbow, you're like... Oh. So when you see about the corporate stuff kind of being in its own little area, mm. does that, to you, sort of alleviate that conversation that often comes up around Pride, where it's like you know, are these people selling a little rainbow drink and then taking it off the shelves the month after? That sort of conversation that we Mm. always have. Do you think that little sort of corporate setup area alleviated that or did it make it even more obvious? I think Pride's a lot of different things for different people, right? And the more that us queer people are allowed to be out loud, proud, queer at our workplaces, in public, um, all of those things, I think it's... 
you know, like, this is my personal opinion, obviously, but I think companies have a bit of a responsibility to do well by their queer employees. I don't know if that necessarily translates to making yourself the centre of attention at a Pride event, but having a presence there, showing your support, um, totokuing the kaupapa, I think it's all really important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So are you um, a yes or no on the um, rainbow ANZ ATMs? Oh my god, yes. Wait, that's actually a controversial opinion. I think they're quite slay. I think they were gorgeous. Like, often, like, when you slap a rainbow sticker on something, the thing that graphic designers or companies or whatever you want to call it, what they miss is that it's ugly. The rainbow <laughs> ATMs were gorge. They were like, that's what I wanted. I wanted opulence. I wanted like... Fancy. Make it fancy. And then when I got to it, I got my gay little money out. And I was like, <laughs> this $20 is homosexual. <laughs> homosexual little $20. <laughs> I get that though. Like, if you're gonna if you're gonna do like a slap a rainbow thing on your product, yeah. make it look good. good. Make it look cute. Because like, we're looking. We're like, we're judging, you know? True that. We're like, I think that New Zealanders as well forget that there's actually a lot of, like, key parts of New Zealand culture that are, like, definitely, like, pride. Like, mm. they're definitely, like, queer things. Like, the Briscoe's Lady Wig, for example. Yeah, that is camp. That it's is camp. That is peak camp. That Briscoe's Lady, she works harder than drag queens. Girl. She wakes up at 7am once every six months, slaps on that wig, Girl. and films 87 ads in a day. And it's glued. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it's a good wig, and it is attached. And How like, much do you think that wig cost? I don't even want to know. I bet it's insured for, like, millions of dollars, because it's the Briscoe's Lady wig. If not, it should be. Also, if you didn't know the Briscoe's Lady was wearing a wig, then you've never been to Pride. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wig, um, and we love it. Also, like, rugby in general. Yeah, rugby's. The shorts I mean, are tight and the thighs are big. Listen, I will, like, it's the only sport I will actually, like, sit down and watch. I yeah, I'm so- sat. Like, I'm sat for Sonny Bill Williams. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sat. <laughs> <laughs> rugby's got like I'm gonna go on a little tangent about rugby. A cause rugby's like actually things happen in rugby. Like people are scoring tries. tries. People are scoring <laughs> tries, they're doing conversions all the time. They're like, yeah, some things are happening. I, w- I watch like one game of football and they like maybe score one goal and I'm like asleep halfway through. Yeah. What are we talking about? Queen New Zealanders. <laughs> um I think I mean, yeah, that's the thing. There are New Zealand has a legacy of amazing queer icons. Like, you can go back as far as you want. Georgina Bayer, Queen of Cuba Street, Carmen Rupee, Maddie McLean on Breakfast, <laughs> Tamati Coffee, Anika Moore. Anika Moore. Anyway, like, outside of Pride itself, you know, you did some research and a bit of journalism on a survey of men who have sex with men, the biggest survey in New Zealand thus far, am I correct? Yes, that is true. The Spot Survey, which came out kind of to kick off Pride. And I want to state, by doing some research, I read the paper and then I listened to an episode of The Detail. Oh, The Detail. You can catch me on The Detail every now and again talking to news people about news. Shout, Shout out, out Tom to Kitchen. Tom. Shout out to Tom. Um, so the Spot Survey is a really interesting piece of information. So basically... One of the remaining barriers uh, to specifically queer men for, I would say, just overall equality is that men in general, if you've had sex with a man in the past three months, that makes you immediately ineligible to donate blood. Mm. And I think for a lot of queer men, they see that 
as one of the remaining barriers to being able to contribute, to be able to feel equal in their society. And so the amazing people at the Burnett Foundation, along with the University of Auckland, and I believe the University of Otago, did a mass survey of men who have sex with men across Aotearoa. Um, they did a really long period. I, I was a participant. I was like reading the data and being like, one of those. That's me. Um, they surveyed thousands of queer men uh, and the results were really interesting. So the results basically showed that an overwhelming majority of gay men are ineligible, I think. It's only about 14% of gay men that are actually eligible to donate blood, or the men who responded to the survey. Um, and so what that also showed, that piece of data, was that a lot of the men who are unable to currently give blood for those reasons are re really want to and overwhelmingly mm. would. And that comes at a time where the blood service is basically saying, we need blood. Like, we mm. are desperate for blood. Like, like our vampire, like Edward Cullen. It's like my Chemical Romance's second album, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge. We're desperate for blood, man. <laughs> we are. But no, like, the, what I find interesting about it is, is why is that? Is it due to sort of stigma around HIV? So I would say it's historical stigma, right? So in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, I would say queer men and men who have sex with men were the main spreaders of HIV, and which then turns into AIDS. So now we live in a time where you have PrEP, which mm. is a drug, an antiviral drug that you can take before you're exposed to HIV that reduces your risk of getting HIV by well over 99%. Now, if you have been infected with HIV, you can take PEP. Now, PEP is a post-exposure phylaxis, basically the same thing. It reduces your chance of passing on HIV once you have been on it for a long period of time to almost zero. Mm. So it's not that transmissions are at a zero now, but the, the likelihood of any blood from a man who has sex with men who has been infected with HIV, that blood gets tested, it doesn't get picked up by the blood. There are many processes that the blood has to go through, and they test for a range of diseases, not just HIV. And we're at a point now where I think a lot of people have faith in the blood screening process, have faith in uh, queer men's ability to get tested and their sexual health knowledge, that that risk should be close to zero. I find it interesting because, yeah, there is just, you know, most people would know this as sort of common knowledge now that HIV is a completely manageable thing. Mm. And if you get on the right medication, you live a very normal life with very low transmission, you know, all of that. Yet, so why is it that gay men still can't donate blood? And I know it's not the first thing that comes to the forefront of anyone's brain when you're thinking about gay rights or, yeah. you know, the queer struggle or any of that. But it is just very, very interesting to note that there is still this sort of hangover mm. of what was actually a tragedy for the queer community, which yeah. was the AIDS epidemic. Yeah. You know, and then to still be kind of somewhat feel like you're being punished for that. I think it's really, really interesting and sad, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I think 
so one of the good things to come out of the survey is the New Zealand Blood Service did respond to the data. Obviously, they were involved. They wanted the mm, survey course, as evidence to say, hey, maybe these rules, maybe these regulations need to change. And the recommendation out of the back of the survey was that the Blood Service do a policy where it limits it from anyone who has had sex with a man uh, within the last three months, which includes people in long-term monogamous relationships, to new partners or varied partners within the last three months. Now, why that three-month window is important, any sexually transmitted disease may evade detection Mm. in a blood test. So that three months, I think, is an important window. But what it's saying is that If you have only had sex with one partner, you've both been tested numerous times and you are, you know, some of these men now, they're in their 40s, they're in their 50s, they're in their 60s. They are normal contributing members of society that just want to donate blood when the blood service is desperately asking for it. So the recommendation out the back of the survey was that uh, the blood service adopt a policy that has been picked up in Canada and the UK, which pretty much says... You can donate blood if you haven't had a new or if you have a regular sexual partner and you haven't had a new one within the last three months. Mm. So the blood service responded to that and they said, you know, pretty much that that was their idea. Like any good thing with progress, it does take time. So there is a number of steps that have to be taken before we can get to the point where that policy is in action. Right. Mainly, the blood service can only make a recommendation to MedSafe, who are the people that make the ultimate decision. So that's what the blood service are working on right now. They're working on their recommendation to MedSafe to say, hey, let's get this law changed. That's awesome. I mean, it'll take a while, but it's it's good to have progress, right? Yeah. Yay. Take my gay blood. <laughs> Do you want to give blood? I don't know. I don't like needles. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it scares me. Fair enough. Thank you, Sam, for recapping Pride with us. Um, Overall, did you have a great time? Good Pride? You feeling prideful? Feeling stoked? Oh, I love Pride. Like, it's the one, you know, it's it's really a time of year where you just get to see everyone. People you do want to see and people you don't want to see. And I think that's beautiful. You get to see your, like, ex-flame with their new boyfriend. And then you get to, like, go up to the boyfriend and you're like, hi. Oh, yeah. Nice to meet you. Um... But For then, straight people, that's just going to the club, man. It's terrible. <laughs> it's going to work. It's going to work, girl. <laughs> Honestly. Um, but I love Pride. It's the one type of year. It's the one time of year where you get to stand in a big field surrounded completely by other queer people and just go like, wow, there's a lot of us. Yeah, and just like party about it. Thank you so much, Sam. It's great to have you here. It's great to be here. Have a great day. I will. Wellington City Council are set to finally discuss the secret $32 million reading cinema deal in public. Secret? Secret $32 million deal. This sounds evil. It's, well, it, I, I could not possibly answer if it's evil. <laughs> no. Um, I could not possibly <laughs> I make didn't a mean comment. it like that. <laughs> but like it sounds that. villainous because yeah. it's a secret $32 yeah, secret, million secret, dollar deal. Secret $32 million deal um, sounds, yeah. It has caused some controversy, though, like, mainly because it's a secret. So for backstory, we've gone over on the show a couple of times, but for those who don't know, in Wellington Central, there is a a complex, a building called Reading Cinemas or Courtney Central Hmm. in Courtney Place. And it got all jacked up during that earthquake in like 2016, of which we still not have fixed anything. May I just point out as a disgruntled 
ex-Wellington resident. Mm. Um, but basically the deal is looking like the council is buying the land underneath the complex for $32 million. Mm. And then there are commercial interests from the reading company mm. on they'll redo the building and they'll zhuzh it up and mm. da, 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 da. But yeah, there was a lot of controversy because people just felt like they didn't know what was happening. Mm. Um, there's a few different views from within the council on why that is. Mm. Um, one of them is oh, there was secret commercial interests that we can't really make public, fair enough. Um, but then also people are just like, the library's still not open. We're still going on about that. Town hall's still not fixed. Still going on about that. And now you won't even tell us what's happening with reading. So I think that was where the sort of like disdain sentiment came from about the deal. But look, if it means they open something there and not have this just like sad, empty building with the remnants of my teenage years staring at me in the face, making me feel sad and old every time mm. I walk past, I'm happy. But the thing is, they could put anything there. What would you put in the centre of Wellington to make it like... You know, you could claim anything as Wellington's new thing because it's, like, right in the middle of town. Mm. Like, it is right there. It, it used to be the hubbub. Mm. And now it's just this empty, like, freaky-looking building and there's no car parks. A Whitcalls. Okay, well, they've got one of those. So there's room a, in there for, like, a cinema. There is a, well, there was a cinema. A Borders. A Borders. Oh, you know Let's what. bring back Borders. That would be Let's good. put it right there. It's two things I think Wellingtonians would like. Books coffee oh we add a cafe to everything yeah you can't even go to like a gift shop there's a cafe to the gift shop that also has a mm. cafe childcare centers cafe like we attach a cafe to everything and the borders actually that was in wellington did have a cafe in it right um i was thinking just to piss off like timaru and thames mm. that um we could make it like a steampunk complex and it's like a giant like steampunk boat with like a steampunk bar and like various steampunk based like um, wares for purchase mm. and like I'm not really into that sort of thing but I just like the idea of being like screw you Thames and screw you Timaru you think steampunk is your thing no it's Wellington's thing and just to be a dick because that's such a Wellington thing to do but also I feel like Wellingtonians are too like pretentious for no I feel steampunk. like actually you know what not the weirdest thing you'd see walking around Wellington is like a bunch of kids doing like steampunk cosplay yeah. It would, like, you know, like, it would actually genuinely fit right on in. People straight up do cosplay to school, bro. Like, yeah. yeah. Nah, honestly, but if you were going to make it the most Wellington thing in the world, it would mm. have to be something, like, really pretentious. And I just am not pretentious enough to even come up with what that would be. An alleyway? Hear me out. Okay. This is, I'm trying to... I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if this is dissing Wellington. It's but fine. what if you turned it into an alleyway of multiple alleyways of multiple different coffee shops with multiple different niches. Oh, honestly? You know? Like, so, like, one's got vines sort of, like, growing everywhere, and then the other one's, like, this very, like, modest, modernistic, like, industrial type of shop, and then one of them's, like, sort of like an Instagram place. They put a donut on top of the coffee or something like that, and then maybe one of them, like, exclusively all the coffee, matcha. Yeah. You know? Like, Do you know what? That would actually go That off. would actually be sick. I'm not lying. I'm saying that like... off in like, Wellywood, man. You just go in and you're like, oh, we're going to hit every coffee shop in a day in there? Like... That I, would go off as long as there was areas outside for people to rip darts for hours at a time. That would go off in Wellington. And if we were going to make it a more Wellington thing, even we can put some Lord of the Rings stuff in there. Yeah. Re- I've always said that we should do a Lord of the Rings theme park. I got, I've actually got so many ideas. <laughs> But the Lord of the Rings theme park where the, like, Sauron's Tower, you know, is the, mm, the fearful. That's And then there's a, a big really roller coaster idea. where you go up the Lonely Mountain and there's, like, 
you know, and then there's another hobbit area where there's like a smog thing and it's like, Barr! and you're mm. like, oh, I want to get the treasure. Like, you know? Yeah. Oh, it'd be so cool. And like, okay, I have another idea. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like how they have the water rides, you know, like the log yeah. flume. It's like that, but either in the little barrels from the hobbit or on the um, little like raft thing they get to go to the prancing pony, mm. the Buckleberry Ferry. But you're like, it's like a log flume. Nice. And I've, yeah, I've got a lot. There's a lot of. I've thought about this for many, many years. How do we submit ideas? Well, you know I've, what I'm saying? apparently you can't do that sort of thing here because of the earthquakes. I did oh. actually ask some people. Yeah, I, I think it's a really good idea. <laughs> I knew it. I knew you'd ask some people. What would you guys put there? I'd be really curious to know. If the Anything you want. You can Honestly, put just spitball us. We'd love to hear it. I'd shoot us a message on Instagram. I'd love to know what you'd build in there. I don't really know how to introduce this next moment. Uh, while I was away, the team obviously talked about it. Um, but last week... Uh, the great Fa'ananai Fis Collins uh, tragically passed away unexpectedly uh, whilst benefiting his community, um, which is something that he was so passionate about. I, I don't, I've thought a lot about it over the last week while I was in Samoa. I got the news and I just didn't really know what are the words you can say for a man like Ifiso. Last night I was very fortunate to go along with a bunch of uh, Pacific media journalists and otherwise to uh, see uh, to visit Ifiso and his uh, his family and a lot was said there's so many everyone everyone there has had a great experience with Ifiso I have seen an incredible outpouring of love for him I I didn't know Ifiso too well personally but I, I, I had the pleasure of interviewing him over the years and I remember interviewing him during the pandemic heavily uh he always made time for me and he was always so kind and so wise he was somebody that really championed our people and fought for us it's hard to explain i suppose people probably think that official just started in politics recently but if you lived out south with your brown you knew official had been around for a long long time He'd been fighting for us forever. Uh, it's just that the platform in which he was fighting on us got bigger each time. Uh, he loved us and he cared for us and he sacrificed for us at all opportunities. Uh, he would always put us first and uh, I'm very grateful to his wife and children and his family for sharing him with us and I'm very grateful for all the wisdom that he left behind for us and I look forward to us as a community continuing that legacy that he had and really championing and celebrating the things in which he stood for because that's the legacy he leaves behind and i i think that's on us and i think we all can say we're incredibly honored to be able to take that on um yeah man it's a a, a real tragedy i don't really know what to say about it I'm not. I'm not great at talking at these things like this, but um, yeah, my my, my heart goes out to um, Fa'anana Ifisal Collins as his wife and children and his family, um, and to our community who's definitely hurting at this time. Uh, he 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 meant a lot to us. So um, safe journey to the to the next one, Ace, and um, we won't forget all the hard work you've done. I definitely know that I won't. So yeah, 
there is no nice way to transition out of a story like that. No, it's going to be one. jarring. It's always going to be jarring. It jarring always is. No matter how hard you try, it, it, it always is a bit jarring. But um, looking to celebrate a community, um, which is something that he, he loved and always admired and, 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 and did throughout his career. Uh, some incredible brown people doing incredibly great things. Yeah. Things. Uh, I Got You. I Got You Season 2. I Got You Season 2. It's still rolling out. Episode 4 is coming out tomorrow. I keep saying this because I keep trying not to spoil stuff, but I'm like, you got to get in now because, mm. like, it's we're getting into a very amazing storyline. It's, mm. so, it's honestly, also, though, Bubba is just so funny. Unbelievable. Every single face she makes... Look, she does words. She says mm. makes me laugh. Like when she came in here the other week, I was just talking to her for like an hour afterwards, and she was just making me laugh. I was like, mm. I was like, damn girl, you like. Oh yeah, she's just so funny. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I've, I've had very few serious conversations with Bubba, but even when they've gotten dark, like you know, we're talking about real life, and she still can make you laugh. She's so she's funny. so funny, and she like. Just- She's so funny. Watch her show. Yeah. Like, I, not to I be aggressive you. about it. Bubba's in her element. Everyone's in their element. Yeah. Um, it's it's an incredible series, and it's bite-sized pieces that are really easy for you to take in. You don't have to set up the TV. You can watch it on your phone and bed on the bus, wherever. I got you the new episodes out, eh? To, well, there's one came out yesterday. Mm-hmm. Another one coming out tomorrow. And so on and so forth. Next Monday, next Wednesday, same thing. And then all the episodes will be out, and I'll nag you guys again to go watch it all at once. Mm. Basically, you're going to hear about this until I'm done talking about yeah. it. And we're dropping it uh, on all platforms, whether that be Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Make sure you follow Tahi. Stay up to date with all the episodes of I Got You Season 2. Um, big news for Bogans uh, this week. <laughs> um, Hamilton has overtaken Tauranga as the fastest growing city. Really? Yeah, man. People be... So this is what's really interesting. I got quite into it, obviously. Mm, um, so Tauranga has, out of the last 27 years, 22 of those years has been the fastest growing city. Mm. And like we all, like we people move to Tauranga. Mm. That's like what it is. And Tauranga, just because of physically where it's located, you're only ever like three hours away from everywhere, mm. right? Like, if you live in Auckland, getting to Tauranga is not that yeah. much of a big ask. When you, you live know? in Tauranga, Hamilton, Rotorua, Taupo, like, everywhere is within your reach. It's yeah. quite central. Um, it's part of what's called the, the Economic Golden Triangle, which is Auckland, Hamilton, and Tauranga. Mm. Just, like, this little triangle of, like, where people are spending money, I guess. But Hamilton is... It's people who are from Hamilton and have kids in Hamilton and stay in Hamilton. That's why they're growing the fastest, because mm. people love it. They live there. Or they can't escape. I haven't been able to check. Um, but, um, that's the, but that's the key difference. And then also Tauranga, it's people always call it like a boomer. Your boomers all move there. All the old people yep. move there. Da, da, da. Well, actually, um, the average age in New Zealand for any city is about 38. And Tauranga's average age is only 40. So it's only mm. a little bit older than everywhere else. But mm. Hamilton is reasonably younger. Mm. They're going, growing their own workforce. And people who are like born there are just staying there having their kids there and like i think that's like quite slay like go off hamilton good for you i think too with the the introduction of the new motorway between tamaki makoto and hamilton like if you were in you can move to hamilton and still keep a job in auckland yeah like that is becoming more and more common because now it's like 
from from Hamilton to South Auckland can be on a good day thirty minutes or yeah, less. It's not like honestly in my mind when I'm coming back from Wellington, I'm driving. Mm. Once I'm in Hamilton, I'm like sweet. I'm basically in Auckland. Yeah, right. It's not that far, and I really like Hamilton. I, like I make fun of it because mm. we all we all do. It's just part mm. of being a New Zealander. I've got to make fun of Hamilton. Yeah, but I really like Hamilton. Mm. Every time I gone there, I had a mean time and made heaps of friends. But I think again, that's just because there's heaps of bogans there. Mm. But like, love Hamilton. Gardens gorgeous. Bars, whimsical, like you know, like mm. why not? Good I for don't them. like Hamilton. Would you? Would you move there? No. no. You no, want to contribute to them in, being the fastest was, growing city? When I lived in Tauranga, as a radio school student, we, however, would drive to Hamilton because they had better nightclubs. Mm, so mm, we'd mm. drive from Hamilton on a Friday night, uh, from Tauranga to Hamilton on a Friday night, party, and then drive back first thing in the morning. It's one of the roughest experiences we've ever had. But I can't say I haven't had a good night in Hamilton because I did. Mm. Um, but I get the I get the appeal, like being able to like this is this is my Auckland brain. Yeah. I'm like, I could live somewhere affordable and still come back to Auckland every day. <laughs> That's how I'm thinking. Like I think with house prices just skyrocketing in Tamaki Makoto and people are slowly but surely being pushed out to the outer neighborhoods like Pukakoi and stuff like that. It's like you make that little extra jump down to Hamilton, get affordable housing, you've got a lot of facilities there. It used to be like, oh, you know, you didn't have all the cool clothing shops and stuff mm. like that, so you had to go to Auckland. But Hamilton's getting a lot of that now. Yeah, they got... Honestly, this is my thing, and I, I think... Because I grew up in the suburbs in another almost as bogan place, mm. Lower Heart. I don't know what people's beef with, like, the suburbs is. Mm. You have everything you need. Everyone you know lives reasonably close to you. You know where everything is. Like, I don't know why people are so anti-living in, in like... Like, Bogan places tend to be big suburbs. Mm. Like, like Palmy is mostly suburbs, mm. like a bit of stuff. And that is because, bit of a history lesson here, most, like, suburbs, that is how we know them and why they became sort of more working class, like, blue-collar areas was because they were built around where factories were or where work mm. was. Like, that's where it was with the hut. It was, like, there was industry there, jobbies, and so they build houses for people to live in and those become suburbs because they're not close to the city. And it's like, what's your beef with that? Mm. What's your problem? I love Hamilton. I like it more than Tauranga. How about that? Sounds I don't care that it's landlocked and broken. I like it more. Tauranga, people are weird and annoying and stuff is too expensive. And also when I went there, it was too hot and it was too busy. And you know what? Those buildings on the waterfront, i go. i go. So... Mm. There you go. It's my view. Also, no, no pretentious people saying like, oh, no, I'm not from Tauranga. I'm from Mount Monganui. Oh, yeah. come on. Yeah. Shout it's out to a five-minute drive. It's the same place. It's the same Don't place. Don't get me started. Shout out to Hamilton for leading in something that you'd like to lead in. Oh, also, still heaps of chlamydia there, guys. That is still the truth. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> fastest growing place. Somebody fastest, fact check that. Like, lit- I'll fact check right Jamie, now. pull it up. <laughs> Uh, editor's note, we have actually fact-checked the STI situation, and funnily enough, it's Auckland. It's not even Hamilton, it's you. <laughs> Don't point at me when you say it's you. <laughs> you love Auckland, though. I do love Auckland, I do love Auckland, and when you've got a big population, you've got big things, so um, <coughs> big STIs, right? Thank you. Winners. Now back to the show. Back to the show. Nafaka Tai Tai Kapahaka or Matatua 2024 happened over the weekend in Bay of Plenty's, the Kapahaka Regionals. Mm. So this is where different Kapahaka groups like compete to get to Te Matatini. Yeah. It's like, you know, on Glee, they always got regionals. Mm. It's like Glee, but not at all. So um, the team who won last year, won mm. Matatini last year, they came back to win again. You're not going to believe this. They bring out Rhea Hall, oh. Rob Ruha, and Troy Kingy in the same team, all three of them, Mile Heart Award winning musicians, right? They come out. Obviously, they're amazing. Like, yeah. duh. Mm. But it's like, if I showed up 
And I saw not like even one of them. I'd be mm. like, I'm going home. This is unfair. I'm leaving. Why am I even bothering? But all three of them, it's like, like so I think it was at Masatini or it might have been regionals last time where they brought out Stan Walker. Oh, yeah, that was if unfair. I show, I've been working for a year, right? I've yeah. been working on my kapahaka. I've been like, all my, I'm handing my notes. I'm getting it all right. Mm. And I see Stan Walker. Oh, my God. I would be, f- uh, bye. Yeah. Bye, girl. Yeah. Like, have fun with your trophy, Stan. Mm. Like, literally, fuming. But I just, like, literally cannot believe. <laughs> like <laughs> They assembled the Infinity Gauntlet to win. To my, they were just like, you know, how do we... How do we edge this out? How do we how do we cross that finish line? Like, bring in three of the most talented musicians. It's crazy. It's like in my mind, I imagine they went like, "Oh, well, the dream three would be these three, but if they say no, but they all said yes." Yeah, and they were like, "All right, we'll just put all three on them." Also, um, if you were in that group, right, and you wanted the lead, you were like, "You know what's I'm I'm you know what's my moment?" You know, like maybe you're a bit competitive mm. like myself. I don't know, and you're like, "It's my moment," and then they're like, "Oh my god, great news! We got Troy Kingy." We got Rhea Hall. You'll be like, well... And Rob Ruha. You're like, I'm not getting any... When those cameras pan across the stage, it's in Matatini. You're, you're not, not getting you're any not, you're not screen getting time if you're behind Rob. Sorry, mate. Uh, so, sorry, no mate. Like, good. It's, oh, but yeah, so, I mean, my bet's on them winning. What do you reckon? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're taking parlays because I'm down. I'll make some money off this. It makes me think, though, like, I, I mm. like that Timatatini is becoming a bit more of a thing in the mainstream in the last few mm. years. I think, like, people kind of know about it maybe more than they did back in, like, maybe 10 years ago or whatever. Mm. Whereas, like, I kind of hope this keeps going that, like, all the different, like, <laughs> all the different Ropu are like, who's our guy? Mm. Who's our star? And everyone gets, like, a star. Like, yeah. and it becomes this, like, it's like Eurovision. Yeah. Like, I would love that. Yeah. I'd love to see, uh, just imagine Sid Diamond on stage at Tematatini. That'd be sick. Sid's actually, yeah, it'd be great. I'd love to see, I'd love, I just like the dynamic of like adding more celebrities into the mix to do this kind of thing, which could be a cool opportunity for a lot of musicians to get back in touch with their, their roots and stuff like that and be able to try something new. I think yeah. it's cool. But to those high schoolers who, you're this not beating Rhea Hall. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, but like, I'm you know, so sorry. I'm happy for you. I'm happy for you. It's um, all about. It's all about trying. It's all, all you about, can. Yeah. It's all about trying. It's not always about winning. And they'll all be. You know, it'll be so annoying. As those three, they will be so humble about it. Mm. They will be so humble about it when they win. They'll be like, "Oh my god, I, I can't believe it!" And everyone else there will be like. Blah blah. Like, yeah. you know, like. Who didn't see that coming? <laughs> but the yeah, I just thought that was great, and I just loved it. I just yep. loved it. That is fair enough. All right, that's us for today. Thank you so much for tuning on in. I'm grateful to be back. Uh... Happy to have you back. I hated doing the intro. <laughs> there was one. I think it was Thursday. It took us like ten minutes to actually get oh, there. Like really? between between Mitty and I, we were both just like, "Why are we doing?" Oh yeah, that's rough. That is rough. Uh, we're done and dusted uh, for your Tuesday. We'll be back Thursday as always. Until we see you then, as we always say, so far so before and. Car keys. <laughs>